From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I am so excited to be here today with Kathy Craffy. And, you know, you guys might not know who she is, but you have to check her out. Her website is Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Craffy is spelled K-R-A-F-V-E. I get it wrong all the time, so just Google her. You can find her. She's Truth with a Texas Twang. She's also the host of Fireside Talk Radio, so she's got a lot of good things out there. But what we're going to talk about is her new book that came out recently with what's the publishing company Kathy Elk Media Elk Lake Publishing okay so this is Elk Lake Publishing and it's called The Well The Art of now I can't read my handwriting can you give it to me (laughs) (laughs) yes the art of drawing out authentic conversation. That's it. I, that's it. I like the drawing out was, was what threw me, you know, I couldn't read my own handwriting, but I want to talk about that because what does drawing out mean? Like I think of drawing out, like, am I drawing outside? Like what does drawing out mean? Well, I really love this book and thank you for asking that question, Sandra. And thank you for letting me be on your show. You know, you're such a good friend to me and I love anything that you want to do together. And I, and I love what you do for moms and especially your love for the military. So that's all, all of that is so dear to me. It makes me very, very, very honored to be on your show because I know how much, how hard you work. Uh, and plus you're always fun. So I do things with you spontaneously that I would not do with <laughs> other people. Cause I treasured your experience so much. I mean, you're just so gifted. Okay. So back to the question. The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations. There's actually a story behind how that book came out. I, I have always dreaded going to John 4 because the woman at the well was too much like my story. And I, whenever I would read it, I would feel really condemned, self-condemned. Because there she is alone at the well and, you know. Well, no, hold on a second. I'm going to stop you here because we might not have people who understand what you're talking about. You're talking about a portion of the Bible, right? Yeah. And it's Matthew what? I'm so glad you oh, I'm so glad you reminded me. I always assume that people love the Bible as much as I do. And I get the fact that because I wasn't I wasn't really a person who read the Bible till I was a grown up. So yeah, I get the fact that some people think, oh my gosh, the Bible. But in John four, the disciples of Jesus write this wonderful story about this woman who's all alone and her whole community has essentially ostracized her, is what we assume. And so whenever I would read that story in the Bible, I would feel really like vulnerable and ashamed because that's how I felt. Like so they kind my, of shamed her, pushed her out of the community, didn't, yes. didn't want and, to uh, include her. And people always assume when they read that passage that this is a woman who's been very promiscuous. And, you know, Jesus says, talks to her about having five husbands and the one you're with right now is not your husband. So as women, <laughs> There's a lot we can relate to about that, right? But 
So here's my personal story. I went to that passage because I needed to figure out how this woman went from being this person who we assume was ostracized to being the woman who impacted her whole community. Like the whole community comes to meet Jesus at this well. So she goes from being totally alone to being this very influential person in the Bible. And so I wanted to know more about that. And you know what I discovered, Sandra? I, I figured out this story is really so much. Of course, I have a degree in communication, so that's what I'm interested in. But it's really about how Jesus was such a master communicator that he could take her lonely situation, talk to her in this long, beautiful, drawn-out conversation, pull out the information he needed from her so that she could even look at it without condemnation, without shame, how she could embrace her story and then take that and change that into something that could unite her whole community. I mean, I get excited when I think about that because we need that so much right now. Well, and we don't even know why she had five husbands, you know, People didn't live very long in those days. Like, and, and if they got married at like 13, 14, 15, if she lived to 60 or 70, which was really old in those days, you know, you think about mortality and the yeah. mortality rates, she could have easily outlived, you know, her husband could have been killed in battle. He could have died. He could have left, like, you know, disappeared. Who knows what happened to those husbands? Did they say? No. And that's the thing that really frustrates me. It's one reason I wanted to put it in a book and not just teach it locally to my church or whatever. One of the things that frustrates me about that passage is sometimes people don't ask those great questions like you just ask, like I was asking. And if you don't ask those questions, then you can't even think to yourself, wait a minute. I know plenty of women who've had a lot of stories in their past that they don't want to talk about. I mean, that's pretty much all of us, right? My grandmother was married four times and you know, her one husband, her first husband disappeared. He went on a merchant Marine ship and never came back. So presumed dead. Her second husband got in a fight in a bar. I'm not from the greatest family, but you know, he got (laughs) stabbed and killed. Then her second, her third husband, she married when she was like in her forties you know, we're going back, you know, whatever, 80, 90 years. And he then had a heart attack in his fifties and died. And then she got married again in like her sixties. Like there was no promiscuity there, but you know, people do, I think what, what's coming to me is that we can't use present day experiences where people get divorced all the time and layer it back on, you know, how many hundreds of years ago. Well, I think that's really true. What I want to know, what I, what I find is that the, the truth that's taught in the Bible is so universal. It, it applies. It applies to my life today. So when I was looking at that, I, I was like, really, I, I want to know what did he do? What can I use in my life right now to transform my, my lack of influence in my home, in my church, in my community? to be this influential person, but I got to come back to your grandmother because you brought it up and I love those stories. Sandra, think about it this way. As women, we're raising these great kids. Wouldn't you love to know that two generations from now, somebody that you contributed to would have a nationally known podcast like you do (laughs) broadcasting 
oh my gosh, I mean, your grandmother had the seeds of influence in her, you know, I mean, that's what, what I wanted. I wanted to say to myself and to God and to whoever else would listen, there are important things here that will help us have better conversations. Mm-hmm. We can do this. We do not have to divide over our differences of opinion. In our own families, and our communities, we can be united in spite of our different perspectives. And, and we can have influence too. And I especially think for people like me who love the Bible, and sometimes Christians just take a hit right now. You, you know, you can't even talk about your faith anymore. Right. And so... I really love that this is a way to talk to people about things that are difficult to talk about. I mean, he did not hold back. He really talked to her about the hardest part of her life. And she took that from him and really challenged him back. And and I think that to me is another point as women, sometimes we are afraid to speak assertively, but I wrote a whole chapter on that girlfriend. (laughs) There's a whole chapter about why we've got to speak up. Well, it's important. You know, it's important. I think it's, and it's hard for many of us to speak up. And some of us aren't, you know, it's funny, Kathy, I speak for a living. You know, that's a big part of my, you know, my work. But when I'm done, I don't feel like talking. Like I don't, you know, in fact, more often than not, I feel like texting, not talking. You know, texting is easier for me. Talking is an effort unless I'm on the air. It's so true, isn't it? I finished one of my shows, one of my broadcasts, and I, at three o'clock, my family knows, don't even try to talk to her. She's just going to be out of gas. And, and there are a lot of conversations, especially the kind of work you and I do, where you're, you're interviewing people about their most personal, sacred stories, yep. the things that are most tender in their hearts. And those take a real emotional commitment, don't they? So I think that's what I love about this whole idea of drawing out authentic conversations it Mm -hmm. is a commitment I mean Jesus made a real commitment to her when he had that conversation with her at the well and he was a she was a strange well I guess you could debate that but she felt he was a stranger and and she met him and so she just met him and then he had this amazing transformative life-changing conversation with her and I think that's pretty much what you and I and so many of women that we know, that's what we're after. We want to we have life-changing conversations with our teenage boys who aren't listening to us <laughs> or, or to our best friend who's suffering. Like I just did an interview recently with a dear woman who I really love now. I mean, I would call her a friend. And she came on air to talk about her miscarriages. And so, I mean, that was a hard conversation with her. I was, I was actually tearing up and crying throughout that conversation because she was so real about the pain that is involved in our lives. And of course, everybody can relate to pain. So those are the kind of conversations we want to be able to have. And we want to do it gracefully and kindly. So so that's really what the book is about. Thank you for asking about that title. Um, you know, I've got that marriage book coming out and we don't have a title for it. I need to pick your brain. I've got some funny ones. Like Dave wants me to call the marriage book, Dave's Sexy Conversation Book. Oh. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> that's so funny. I think it'll get banned from, from the air. But anyway, that's so hilarious. I know I'll get, I'll get complaints about my blog site if I use that title, but 
So we don't know what that one's going to be called yet, but I, I love both of the topics so much. So what happened was we got the marriage book written and realized I wanted to go back and do more on conversations because that's such a big part of marriage and communication. There's so many questions. I mean, so many conversations that are hard to have at home. Sure. So that's, that's what we decided to do. And, and really I love the books both so much and I forget what, which, content in which chapters are in each book I get oh, sure I mean it's all the time yeah but, but anyway. I think you know tough conversations I had to have a tough conversation recently because one of our family friends very good friends we've been on vacation together we've done a lot of things their older son offered my younger son pot and they're all young you know my my younger one is in middle school and the you know kid was in high school and you know I get it we live in an era where permissiveness is you know here and there were two boys actually that offered my younger one and when I asked my older one he says yeah mom he goes I know that so and so and his friend do it but that's why I don't hang around with them anymore you know so they started hanging around with my younger one and so long story short I called one parent and said, this is what's happening. This is what your son is doing. And she's like, you know what? We're aware of it. We're trying to stop it. Thank you for letting us know. You know, we apologize. We're so sorry. Like it was very civil and it was very wonderful. And then the other family, I empowered the kid to tell his parents. I said, either you tell them or I tell them. Like either way, they're going to find out. And that other family blew up at me. And, you know, here's the same information the same situation. And, you know, I kept vacillating back and forth, Kathy, going, if something like this happens again, what do you do? Are you willing to die on a hill to tell people you know who are going to be freaked out and lose the friendship, but maybe save a kid's life versus, you know, you tell, like, who could, who could predict two friends having completely different parents and and it's kind of the same conversations the same everything but two completely different reactions yeah I actually had that experience when my kids were a little younger it had to do with alcohol and they were they were young and I heard the rumor that some friends kids were drinking a whole group of them and I only told I passed the rumor on to two of the mothers that were my very dear friends And one of them, and I said both times, listen, I don't even know if this is true. I just know that if this was, if this was the rumor about my kids, I would want you to tell me, I wouldn't want to be surprised by that, which by the way, I think it's pretty cool that your boys talk so openly with you, Sandra, that is great. But I had the same exact experience. One of the women thanked me and said she'd get to the bottom of it and she would find out if it was even true. We didn't even know if it was true. And so she did. And then she came back to me and said, I'm so glad you brought this up. Here's what's going on. And here's why that rumor went around. And she thanked me and we are still dear friends. And she prays. We pray for each other all the time. We're such good friends. But the other woman really did something that I think uh, is pretty typical. The other woman pretty much closed the door. Like she just told me I was wrong and I was a gossip and blah, 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 which was actually not true. What was interesting in our small town about my situation is often we know three generations of the same family. (laughs) Absolutely. So I really loved her mother. So the grandmother of the family came to me about a month later and said, I can't believe you're passing on this rumor. And I went, no, you're wrong. I've told two people, I would not even be talking to you about this, but you brought it up. And clearly your daughter told you what I said. 
So here's what I did, but because I would want somebody to tell me, and I said, I have no idea if it's true. And I've not repeated it to anybody else, not one other person except those two moms. Well, the, of course, the grandmother immediately apologized to me because she was very wise and we continued to be friends. And I still, I still respect and love this lady, but she does not want to be my friend, the mother right. to this day. It's probably been 20 years, but I think that's often the case. I mean, the hard thing is to give somebody a factual assessment in, in the case of gossip. I just, I just told them, this is the rumor. I have no idea if it's true, but, but that was factual. And then uh, I backed off and didn't say a word about it because it wasn't my concern. I was not the parent. But you cannot, you cannot circumvent other people's reactions. Right. Some, sometimes, I mean, I think the condemnation is so thick that we pour on ourselves that that will sometimes influence the way we respond. And the fact that your friend, the family kind of blew up, it just tells me I mean, they just don't have the communication skills they need. And one of them is learning what the point of guilt and shame are. Because shame is really supposed to help us have fuel to change long-term habits, bad habits. And then guilt is supposed to help us really quickly deal with, you know, a bad moment in a relationship, ask for forgiveness, get it out of the way and move on. Right. So, but when people don't know what those are for, then they may take on false shame. And and I've done that. You've done it. Everybody's sure. done that. Of course. I mean, I can't imagine a person who hasn't. Or but anyway, or taking, you know, taking on their shame, but also taking responsibility for their either poor communication skills or their reactions, you know, cause at first I'm like, well, did I make a mistake? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I did the same thing with both families. So, you know, kind yeah. of like a, it's like, you know, it's like almost like a, what do you call it? A, um, like a, like a scientific experiment, you know, the control groups, everything was the same, only two completely different reactions. But oh, I love talking about this stuff with you because you always have a creative analogy. I mean, that is really what happened. You had a science project right? and you, you, got, you gathered some data. Yeah. I mean, it's like, but you look at that and go, you know, I couldn't have predicted, you know, I could predict maybe what happened, but <laughs> excuse me, I couldn't predict what would happen with each party. Like no one can. And that's the thing with communication. And I think, you know, when you have to have difficult conversations, you know, anybody can have a conversation about the weather. That's easy. You know, right. unless you're talking to farmers and there's a drought and then that might be awful because that happened to me once, you know, when I said, oh, it's a beautiful day. It's been so nice. It's hot. And it's like, no, it's ruining my crops. So, you know, but even yeah. the most simple things can, can blow up. And there are people who just, like you said, close the door and you're done. Like I'm done with you because then they don't have to deal with whatever, and I love how it's, it's somehow blame on you or shaming on you. Like don't shoot the messenger is, is like, you know, an age old, um, whatever, you know, everybody knows don't shoot the messenger. It's like, look here, this is what the rumors that go on around, or this is what, you know, happened in my house. And in my case, it was like, this is what I heard. You know, I heard it on the PlayStation. So it was, wasn't an issue of, did it happen? Is it gossip? Is it not? But even so you look at and you go, you cannot control the way people think because no, or the way they respond even. But, but I do think there's something to be said for this, Sandra, and you do this so well. It's one of the reasons I love to hang out with you. And you're one of the first people I call when I have a pros a problem like this 
you, you know, some people are really good at being positive. Mm-hmm. And I love like Eric Barker's stuff on being positive and how that really improves your immune system, even physically. So there's so much to be said about adopting a m- mental mindset of um, freedom and positivity. One thing I like about that conversation in, in John four with the woman at the well, Jesus really does talk to her very factually, but we know he wasn't condemning toward her. And I think he, his way of talking to her factually actually allowed her to have some freedom. Probably I'm guessing from some of the stereotypes that people had tried to put on her. So there, there is a place where if we are willing to be so authentic and real, then we begin to have these great relationships all around us. And, and you know that because I see that in your life and all your relationships that I know about. I, I mean, everybody I know that we have so many mutual friends now and we all try to seek that level of honesty. And so I, but that really gives you a lot of freedom because you begin to understand I have value, intrinsic value that has nothing to do with my past. Right. And, and to me, that's just a huge thing. And well, so then, if you, yeah, uh, I'm and, sorry. And what, your, what your kids do doesn't mean you're a good parent or a bad parent. You know, kids do things and knowledge yeah. is power. And that's a big one that I just want to interject in as we talk about this. You know, I wasn't trying to be a gossip. I wasn't trying to make kids uncomfortable. I wasn't trying to rat people out. But in my world, and this is my viewpoint, knowledge is power. And when you have information, even if it's wrong information, and you use it to still talk to your kids about what's going on, like, to me, this was a good thing. Because if these kids had a drug problem, the parents get to know and they get to stop Mm -hmm. it before, you know, when you're only 14, 15, 16 years old, you don't have to have a lifetime of addiction, you know, or if there's something really wrong in their world, you know, beyond just doing it for fun, you know, which kids can do. But if there's something really wrong, like what parent wouldn't want a heads up and about like, to me, this was a whole positive thing. Hey, one of the parents found out now we can do something. This is a good thing. You know, this is not a a, a way to, you know, shame each other and blame each other, you know, kind of thing. Because it's the funny thing, Kathy, when I thought about this whole situation, shouldn't I be the one who's mad? Cause it was my kid that was offered, you know, the younger kid that was offered something <laughs> like if anybody should be mad, you know, it was me, but I was more concerned going, wow, if this is happening, you know, the parents should know. Well, I think you're right about that. Uh, to me, that's the whole, the whole gist of what we're talking about is once you have great information, you can have those great conversations with your kids. Great. But I think, One thing that I've learned is I just did a speech on this called goodbye. Gotcha. Hello, authentic. Mm -hmm. And it's about changing a, an argument back into a conversation with a power question. Mm. So especially when you're talking to your children or your spouse or the, the, our best friends, people are going to get their feelings hurt. They are going to make assumptions that are not necessarily true. Sometimes people know us so well, they actually know what we're thinking and they're right and it's not good, you know? So when you get in those awkward moments in a conversation, asking the right question can really help too. I mean, that just changes the whole dynamic of a conversation. So now you're not polarized and, and, and having conflict with each other. Instead, you're asking really gentle questions to get information that will help you. 
Um, and I think that's an, as important as some of the other things like speaking assertively, mm -hmm. not backing down from what you know to be the truth that you believe in your heart, but still being able to ask great questions of the other person. So you're drawing out what is in their heart too. Well, and knowing when it's time to, to step back, you know, like in yeah. this situation, you know, when the husband or the father called me to tell me off, oh, there was no, there was no conversation there. There was no, it was wow. like, well, you're an idiot. And you know, why would you do this? And blah, blah, blah. You know, when you have things like that, it really just doesn't benefit you to say anything because no, it doesn't. it's all going one way. And I just said, you know, I'm sorry that, that you didn't like the way I handled it. I did the best with what I knew how to do, you know, just get off the phone because you don't yes. need to sit there and take it. And there's no point in trying to have a conversation with someone who is just one direction, you know, like they're, they're not wanting yeah. to hear what you have to say. They're just want to, you know, keep, you know, blowing like a fire hose and you don't need to take it. That's the one thing that, you know, I was kind of happy to go, you know what, uh, that's, it's fine. You know, I'm sorry that you didn't like the way I handled it. And let's just, you know, let's just drop it from here, you know, and exit, you know, try to exit quickly. Cause when you are in small towns or you're on a military base, you know, yes. you don't want to get, you don't want to escalate it is what I'm saying. Oh, that is so true. But you know what I love about you, Sandra, you would never say this yourself, but you're doing exactly what Jesus did because he did that. The Pharisees would try to escalate with him that they were the, like the, the uh, guys that were sort of super smart intellectuals of his day. And they thought they would challenge him. And he was, he's, I mean, obviously Jesus is so brilliant, mm -hmm. but they, they didn't, you know, that did not keep them from challenging him, but he withdrew from them. I mean, think about that. If Jesus withdrew from people because they were too hostile mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it is okay for us to do that. I'm not Jesus. I mean, I got to do stuff like that. <laughs> it's important. I don't have the brains he has or the the strength of character. I'm going to say, also, oh, like, my temper or something. Right, you know? but it's also about energy. Like, this is what yeah. I thought was like, you know, I'm t like, you know, when he, he called, it was like, you know, kind of the middle of the afternoon. I had been cleaning my pool. I had been running around with the kids all day and I was tired. And I'm like, yeah, do I really like, this is a good question to ask yourself when somebody's really mad. Do yes. I have the energy for this? And do I want to spend what energy I have on this? Because we're all given 24 hours. We're all given varying degrees of energy. And as moms, we know some days we're really tired. Some days we have all the energy in the world. And this goes with your kids too. Do I really want to spend my time and my energy arguing with you? Because I really don't feel that arguing solves a whole lot. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. And, and actually, I think that's so important. I'm really glad you brought that up. I need to be reminded of this all the time. It's not just about taking care of our families and our kids and our my grandkids. I love them to pieces. But it's also about taking care of ourselves. Yes. And, you know, you, you said some moms have energy. I, I guess I wasn't one of those moms. I find by the end of the day, I've spent all the energy I had for that day. I mean, it refreshes me to talk to you. But, you know... Basically, most women I know, they're spending their full amount of energy every day because they, they care about people. We care, we as women care about other people in our world and we want to nurture them. 
So I do, I do think you're very wise and, and I am too. I, I make a point now, if somebody is so hostile, I just know I don't deserve to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. And so I don't go with that. I, I will know your own kid, you know, your own teen, yeah. anybody raising, raising teenagers. No, yeah. there's times they want to get up in your face. They want yes. to tell you everything's okay. And that, you know, you're wrong. Like the argument in my house this week was marijuana is good for you. <laughs> like, well, you know, it might be good for some people. Like it's probably good for me. I'm on chemotherapy, but you know, the whole point is, is how do you argue with someone who is so set in their opinion? And then do I want to argue with them and try to be right? Cause you know, you can't change people's thinking. They have to come to the thinking change themselves is this really going to happen in the kitchen with people yelling at each other? Probably not. So if you stop yelling, it doesn't mean you're backing down. Like in the military, we call it advancing in another direction. (laughs) So I'm not going to back down from the conversation. I'm going to advance, you know, in another direction, go to the kitchen, get a, you know, get a glass of water, you know, maybe start dinner and wait for the situation, wait for that other person to calm down so that we can have a reasonable conversation. Because when you talk, talk about conversations and deep conversations or important conversations or difficult conversations, they're really not happening effectively if someone's yelling. Just that's a good rule of thumb. Oh, I love that. I, I'm so glad you said that. I wish somebody had said that to me like 30 years ago. Uh, being a communication person, I just assumed that you could talk anything out. Mm-hmm. And we, Dave and I would argue until we were both spent. We're very intense people anyway. And so, so many of our arguments were way too loud for my ears even then. And, and so I learned, take it, take it down a notch and, and take some time away. And, and I learned to really, I think at this point, I just would not engage with somebody who was hostile towards me. Now, if I've, if I've truly done something that was offensive and unkind to that person, I definitely want to get that taken care of. Sure. But, and people will get mad when they're hurt. Sure. But I, I think there's this other thing where, uh, one of the reasons people engage in these very big argument type situations is it makes them feel connected mm-hmm. and yet it's not necessarily the most healthy way to connect. Right. And so and if they're just looking for a connection, sometimes what you can do is diagnose that with a few simple questions. Like I love you so much, but um, could we find something else that would be fun for both of us? Right. And just talk about this again later. So Right. Do we really want to talk about this right now? Because we have to talk about it right now. If it's got to be right now, that person's out of control. Like they're letting emotions run everything. So you're most likely not going to get the outcome you want with somebody who has super high emotion. Yeah. And and really our tempers, well, for me, for sure, my temper gets in the way. I say hurtful things when I'm in an emotional state like that. But I will tell you one, one of my friends who's a junior high principal gave me this advice one time and I loved it. I I was like, I had a junior high kid about that time. And he said when he had young men come into his office who were really emotionally passionate and stirred up because something Mm -hmm. had happened probably that hurt their feelings, you know, then, or, or maybe they just felt defensive about something. So they would come into his office. He would hand them a water bottle and leave for a few minutes, giving them time to dilute their all that hormonal energy that teenage boys have. 
And I thought, that's so smart. I, I've done, actually, we've done that at our house where Dave and I were having intense conversation and we just take a bottle of water and go in separate rooms and just dilute your, even your physical well-being sometimes can be affected by the, all those emotions. Right. So isn't all that a great, I mean, drive you to say things you wouldn't normally say, and that's where things escalate. Because it's like, if I hurt your feelings, Kathy, you know, your kids are jerks and your husband's an idiot. And then you come back and say, well, you don't even have a husband. And, you know, your kids are jerks too. And then, in fact, they're bigger jerks. And then we go back and forth. And then I'm like, well, your kids are jerks. And so are the grandkids. Like, the, I mean, it's silly as it sounds. Like, it's, you know, and then you're like, well, your dog is bad. Like, that's, you know, we laugh about these things because it's, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. No one would ever do that. But, but in an yeah. argument, in a highly fueled argument, you're not really trying to resolve a problem. You're trying to release your hurt. And that usually means directing it at the person in front of you. Boy, I think that's so profound, Sandra. That's exactly how it is. And, and that, that conversation is not really that different from some that I've had. <laughs> you know, one thing we've all had conversations where we go back later and go, what were we arguing about? We can't remember because it was so right. dumb, right? right. And, but you're releasing, you're, you're using that yeah. person in your life as an emotional punching bag or, you know, and that's what, what I call like the everything but the kitchen soup arguments, you know, right. and that's how I know when my kids are tired, hungry, fr frustrated, stressed, whatever, because it becomes the everything but the kitchen soup argument. And what that looks like is, you know, mom, you never, there's always an absolute, you never remember to, you never do this, you never do that. And then I'm like, okay, well, sorry, I forgot, you know, it'll be fine. No, it won't be fine. Because do you remember when you did this? And then it'll be like, and then it'll be like, and, and then like that, you know, and then there's never gas in the car. You know, mom, you talk about the gas ferry in our house, but you leave your car on empty and I can't drive it. And he's like, you're the one with the credit card, not me. And then, so, you know, like, and it'll just, you know, kind of percolate a little bit and then it'll be, you know, and I, I'm going to be 17. I should have my own credit card. You know, you don't trust me. You know, and it, it goes, look at all those different talking points. Like when yeah. one doesn't land and watch this for the next time you're in an argument or watch two people arguing, if the dart doesn't land, you know, like the, you don't trust me, you know, you left the car on empty, you know, and it started out because, you know, you forgot to, to confirm with my dentist. And I, you know, I went over there and they didn't have the appointment. Like, you know, basically he was embarrassed because he went to the dentist and there was no appointment. That was it. Yeah. yeah. But it, what it piled on was the no gas in the car, the no credit card, the trust, the da, 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 da. But until that humiliation or that feeling passes, they're going to be firing darts at you. So that's why you can't have that. You can't let those conversations continue. You have to separate. Yeah, I think that that's such a great point, too, because um, what we don't want to do is make like that's not the conversation you want to be having with your kids. Right. Or As your parents. The conversation we dream about, especially in your case, Sandra, I, I know your boys you want to have those conversations. The ones you want to have as a mother are the ones you're affirming them and telling them how awesome they are. So, yeah, I mean, that's all the more reason to, to just back up and take a breath and, and reschedule. This is an important topic, son or daughter, but let's reschedule it for tomorrow and I'll give it the time it deserves. And then I, I always think, I, I, I mean, I wish I'd known this when my kids were really little. I just didn't know but I, now I know 
once you get that rescheduled, then you also come equipped with some great questions like, what are you, what would I be, I'm always making assumptions, like, right? So what am I assuming about this situation that might not even be true? Like, right. like you know, and, and then ask him, well, tell me, do you think, why do you think you felt so, in, uh, you know, imposed upon yesterday? Talk to me about a little bit about that. So you begin there very gently and, and they still may have to blow off some steam because honestly, you know, we might owe, and especially at my house, I probably owe somebody an apology all the time. But in that case, you know, because you're both calmer, the conversation can more yeah. go like this. Like, you know what, son, I'm really sorry. You know, I forgot about your dentist appointment and I didn't confirm it. And I, I, I would say something like, you know, not that it's your fault at all, but maybe next time if you're, you're on the way to the dentist or something or you're on your way, he has his own car, you text me and let me know you're going on the way there. So if I made a mistake, I can catch it. Like, you know, like you said, yeah. communication is key and it didn't yeah. mean I didn't love you. You know, I didn't forget about it because you're not important. I forgot about it because I'm a single mom raising kids and running a company. It had nothing to do with you personally. And I dropped the ball and I'm sorry. So, you know, that's a lot different than mom doesn't love me because she didn't remember my dentist appointment. Yeah, I think that's true. And and I, I have stuff like that come up with my kids all the time. I, I had one bring me something as a favor, did an errand for me and they, got the wrong thing. And I thought, okay, how do I, do I just take care of it myself? Do I um, tell my child that this was actually the wrong thing? It wasn't, I even sent a picture. Like I did my best to communicate ahead of time. So in that case, I just began that text with, um, it was so sweet of you to do this for me, but um, I, I, I did need this certain kind, not the, the one you brought. And this is a mistake anybody could make, right? you know, because I think sometimes we, we, we mess, like we're trying to do something nice and we mess up and then we feel ashamed. Sure. And I didn't, I didn't want my child to feel that this adult, wonderful adult person that I raised is doing me a favor. I didn't want him to feel ashamed. We all make those kind of simple mistakes. Right. So, um, but I also thought I need to follow up a little bit on this because I really need this person to pay attention when I give them details. <laughs> right, right. You so, know. Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 60s. My kids are grown. They're, this stuff does not go away. No. The question is, you know, are you practicing right now being the person you want to be when you're old like me? That's, that's important, you know. I well, think that's, that's why really I think like the fruits of the spirit come to mind and I need to wrap up today's show and we'll, we'll have you back, Kathy, because this has been a great conversation. You know, when you look at the fruits of the spirit, especially kindness, patience, you know, things like that really come into play and are super, super important with any conversation, but if yeah. it's a difficult conversation and there's certain things that I'd just like to say at the end of today's show, if you can take the word, but out of your conversations, <laughs> the, putting the word and in there makes all the difference because when you say, I love you, but I need this, but everybody goes, there's the, but okay. The, but means I did something wrong. The, but means something. So if you just change it, even though it's not grammatically correct, sometimes change it to, and, you know, like, I really appreciate you bringing me this and maybe next time you could bring me the whatever brand, do the whatever <laughs> Because and is an easier word than but. When I say to you, Kathy, but, what do you feel? You, you get defensive. 
Well, you, that is such a good point. I'm glad you reminded me. I'm going to make myself a note of that. I'm going to work on that again. I, I have, uh, I've tried to do that over the years, but you know, you cannot practice this stuff too much. It's too just much. hard. Nope. And I got to end the show. Thank you, Kathy. Where do people find your book? Oh, they can find it at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. I'm sure it'll be on Amazon. We're working on that part right now as it comes out. So thank you so much for letting me be on the show. You're awesome. Terrific. Terrific. All right. We'll be back again next week with another great show. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 